Hello and welcome to episode two of Yoga Masala Chat podcast. My name is Anne and I'm an Ashtanga yoga practitioner and teacher based in Singapore. So we are now entering the last week of lockdown in Singapore. And as much as we're all looking forward to quote and unquote freedom, let's all continue to be safe and healthy. Today's episode is something anyone who has had some form of physical practice can relate to. And it's about pain. And to be specific, we are talking about uh, musculoskeletal pain. And joining me today is none other than Brian Ng, who is a trained um, osteopath and yoga teacher. We'll be discussing what constitutes pain and suggestions on pain and injury management. Hopefully this will be useful to you. So um, thanks, Brian, for um, joining me in this um, the, my next episode of the podcast. And so today we're going to be um, uh, so explaining and um, looking into the topic of uh, pain. And in particular, you know, it's physical pain, it's a musculoskeletal pain, just so we um, differentiate it and, and define it on the, on, the, on the spot and not and it's not like emotional pain or anything. Um, so, I mean, before, before we begin, right, so Brian, you're an osteopath and uh, you're also a yin yoga teacher. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, the, the questions that they have on their minds is that, you know, who or what is an osteopath? You know, how is it different from, say, a, a physiotherapist or, uh, you know, a chiropractor or, or even any other form of physical therapy? So maybe you want to give a bit of um, uh, clarification or explanation before we delve into the topic. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, so that, that's, that's one of the most common questions that I get, and I usually ask people how much time they have. <laughs> so, um, so if we, if we define it quite simply, um, osteopathy is pretty much concerned with musculoskeletal health. So we do treat, uh, musculoskeletal pain and we do that mainly through manual therapy. So, uh, a hands-on work, uh, we have, uh, a wide range of manual therapy tools, um, so including soft tissue massage, dry needling, uh, joint manipulation, mobilization. Um, and of course, in every condition, we need to look at how to address people's pain in the long term. So uh, we will also prescribe exercises and stretches, uh, just pretty much customizing it to the needs of the, of the patient. Um, so the similar professions will include uh, physiotherapy and chiropractic. Um, so I think uh, because all these three professions are based still on Western medical science, so it's often a matter of where each um, practitioner plays his or her emphasis. Um, so even within the osteopathic profession, there may be some differences in approach, uh, but what maybe we can say distinguish, uh, distinguish distinguishes osteopathy from um, from other manual therapy, uh, and of course I'm being biased here, being an osteopath, is that we tend to look at things more in an integrated way. So if somebody comes to me for lower back pain, we will not just look at the lower back. We have to look at overall uh, mechanics. So uh, we need to check hips, lower limbs, for example. Uh, but sometimes we also have to move beyond the physical and consider um, mental, emotional stress that may be amplifying the pain picture. 
Um, so we, we so in that sense, uh, osteopathy to me uh, is very uh, much in the same uh, vein as yoga in in terms of its holistic approach, which is why I I went into osteopathy um, from my exposure to yoga. Oh, so you were first a yoga practitioner and then you That's went right. on to seek. Mm, okay, right. Cool. Okay. So, I mean, back to our topic on um, physical pain, right? I mean, I, I think human beings are, you know, naturally conditioned to seek pleasure and avoid pain. That's a very general uh, sort of a statement, motherhood statement. But, you know, I think also pain is commonly known as um, the, the brain sending stress signals to a part of a body that has experienced some sort of uh, or some form of a trauma and that requires our attention, right? So, and... You know, so I think I want to ask you, you know, I mean, being an, uh, uh, I would tell you now as a pain expert, um, what is your relationship with pain? You know, and um, you've obviously seen physical pain manifesting in different forms, you know, and what is, um, yeah. how do you see pain? Yeah. Um, so, well, pain is, has a role to play in everybody's life. Like you rightly pointed out, uh, it's something that we would rather do without Nobody wants to be in pain. Uh, and if we experience pain, we want to try our very best to get rid of it as soon as possible. But pain in and of itself is a really useful warning signal. Uh, we can't lead a safe and healthy life without uh, the pain as a protective mechanism. And this is how we learn as young children uh, not to touch a hot stove. Right. So because we will get burnt if we do that. Um, so we have to learn through our mistakes. And pain is a really good way to teach us uh, what is safe and what is not. Uh, and pain is often a way to protect us from further harm or injury. So um, that's the uh, acute side of pain where it just happens uh, suddenly. Uh, as, a, as a warning signal. So, so that's a protective mechanism. Uh, where pain becomes uh, a problem is when it becomes chronic uh, or it becomes recurrent uh, to the point that it uh, affects people's lives um, and it creates a lot of fear, anxiety, and also a lot of disability. Uh, people start to cut down on things because uh, they are afraid of aggravating the pain. Um, and very often they, they find that the, the choices they have becomes more and more and more limited. So it can be a very uh, harrowing experience uh, for people living with chronic pain or persistent pain. Um, so we do see a, a wide range of pain conditions in presentations. Uh, fortunately for most people, uh, it, it is something that they encounter in the short term. Uh, it may stop them from doing certain things uh, and they have to take a rest for a while and um, seek therapy or adapt and re-strengthen themselves back. Uh, so uh, and I think that's the case for most yoga practitioners. Thankfully, uh, we, they, they don't have, they're, they're not facing a problem of chronic pain. There are a small percentage of people and that includes yoga practitioners as well with chronic pain. But by and large, thankfully, most people would only encounter it for a short while and they learn from their mistakes and they, they hopefully, they, hopefully <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. that's right. 
I mean, in the it's interesting you brought up the the differentiation between chronic pain and short term pain, right? So, I mean, what what would you what is classified as as chronic pain? Uh, in the literature, uh, the rough guideline is three months. Anything beyond three months is usually uh, classified as um, chronic or persistent pain. So. Uh, more specifically, chronic pain will refer to um, a lingering pain way past the expected time frame of tissue healing. So as far as we know, uh, most tissues, uh, even broken bones, right, even from fractures, uh, we can heal within a three-month period. Okay. Um, so so that, that's an a, a arbitrary uh, number, you can say, but that is what usually uh, we would use as a rough gauge anything beyond three months uh, and it's not getting any better uh, it may be getting worse or uh, it has become more widespread um, so beyond three months we will start to think mm, okay this is this is some this may be something that needs uh, be might need beyond what we beyond a, beyond a conservative care uh, we might need to start to look at other factors, um, so usually psychological factors as well. Mm, okay, I mean, so I think I think pain has gotten a lot of um, bad press, I suppose. Um, most people associate pain with the negative, um, but you know, I think I think you rightly pointed out as well. I mean, pain is essentially. I mean, if we look at the positive side of things, it's it's basically a signal telling us, okay, you know. Um, this something needs your attention, you know, you need to either stop doing this or, or change the way you're doing something. Yes. Um, I mean, that's, that's obviously a, a positive side of um, how you can see pain. But, you know, I think that pain in itself, you know, the sensation of pain, um, I, I think a lot of, uh, it can, can it be good? I mean, can, can the sensation of pain actually um, mean that, you know, um, you are actually doing the right stretch versus, you know, um, pain that is obviously yes. damaging certain tissues in your body. Yes. I think, you know, a lot of um, yoga practitioners, even seasoned ones, I feel, have, have trouble telling the difference. So I don't know whether it's a matter of the ego or is it a go-getter attitude that, you know, I think we want to push yes. harder um, or is it just like all about um, us really not listening to the body at all yes. or we're distracted or something? Um, what is what is your advice? You know, how, how can we be more mindful and, and be able to tell the difference? Yeah. Um, so most people would ask what is a good pain and what is a bad pain, right? Um, and it can be difficult because pain as an experience is highly subjective. Um, so... Most people, when they when they when they go for exercise, uh, so even outside of yoga, uh, when they go for a workout, people have this no pain, no no gain attitude, uh, and it also depends on the culture, right, that we're we're in. Um, so uh, it becomes tricky for most people to tell, right. So the, the the pain that I'm feeling is it a sign of progress because I'm really challenging my limits and that's how I will grow and that's how I will improve uh, or is this something that I should take note of and back off um, so it's it's not an easy uh, question to answer and of course it's context sensitive it really depends on what you're doing uh, who you are as a person how old you are the nature of the of the exercise uh, or the demand that you're placing on your body um, 
having said that, most people would know that a sudden, sharp, burning kind of pain will be, will be definitely a good warning sign to back off. I think most people would, would be able to feel that and they will, and when they feel that, they will, they will be able to make the judgment that, yeah, that was a bad idea. Uh, the problem with uh, pain that is of a duller quality is um, you can actually be subjecting your body to repetitive strain. Mm. So uh, when you are working out or practicing yoga every day, and if your, uh, if your choice of yoga or workout is fairly strong, um, then you are subjecting your body to, to a fair bit of load. And the body needs time for recovery. So if you don't allow the body enough recovery, and you are just doing it every day, and some people go for more than one class uh, a day, right? Because mm. memberships are now unlimited. So they want to make, make full use of their membership to get their money's worth. Uh, this is where it becomes a problem, um, because back when I started, there wasn't such a thing as unlimited yoga classes, but now we are seeing uh, this is yeah. this, this is a phenomenon. So uh, when it's not a sharp pain, it's dull, and people just feel, yeah, it's it, it's painful, but I can kind of still deal with it. I can manage it, and if I push through it, sometimes it goes away. Mm. Uh, and so it, they it is very tempting at some point in time to think that the next time I encounter this pain, it's fine. The last time I could, could get over it, uh, this time around, I will just apply the same strategy. Mm. Uh, or they uh, stopped practicing yoga for a while. Uh, maybe they got gone on a holiday, right? So for two weeks, they have stopped. And then when they come back, uh, they want to make up for lost time. And then, of course, then they... Especially if you are a type A personality, you, you will be very disciplined and then you want to make sure that you get back to it at the same level. Yeah. So, so that is usually a recipe for injury and for, for problem uh, because it's a slow burn, right? And then at some point in time, they realize that this lingering pain, although it's not sharp, it's not really gone, it's not really going away. It's kind of always there in the background. You can try to mm. distract yourself or um, ignore it, but it never quite goes away, and and this can become a problem. Uh, so I think this is this is this is this is what we are uh, what I'm seeing uh, uh, that uh, as a presentation in the clinic. Not so much the the acute uh, dramatic injuries, right? If you have mm. a fracture, you're not going to come in to see me. You're just going to go straight to A and E mm. and get get everything fixed. Uh, but we're, we are seeing the problem of repetitive strain uh, causing persistent or recurrent pain. It goes away, but it keeps coming back. Mm. So, it's, mm. so it's a different presentation. And that right, is actually right. harder to, to manage. Right, yeah. And this is, it's an interesting point that you, you brought up the difference here. I mean, in terms of the, um, the one-time impact, like a, a tenon um, or a, bone, a tenon snap or, you know, a bone fracture versus a recurring sort of a lingering pain that seems to be the case with for uh, most people seeking help or seeking um, physiotherapists, osteopaths help and all. Um, and you also brought up the point about um, injury, right? So would you consider... Um, um, this sort of a lingering pain and injury then? 
yes, it, it often starts as an injury. It, it can be mild, and most repetitive stress uh, are injuries, but they, they, they do not cause a major disruption of the tissue. Like you said, uh, the tendon has not snapped. You have not uh, fractured your, your bones. So you are able to continue with your practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but and in terms of daily lives, it's just like it's probably, most of the time there's no problems. It's only until you know you you end up yeah. on the mat or on certain things that you want to do that you know that you find <laughs> that lingering pain back again, right? Yeah. So sorry, I, I interjected you. That's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> uh, so, but of course there is a problem uh, with this because um, it's not that you have successfully managed the problem well. In fact, it's poorly managed because the pain is lingering. It's just kind of sitting there in the background. And then one fine day, you might, you, it may not even happen when you're doing yoga or exercising. It's just a very innocuous uh, movement that you've just made. You suddenly turn or you're washing your hair. And then all of a sudden, there is this sharp pain. and Everything went into a spasm. So that can happen too. It's, almost, uh, it's very unexpected. Uh, but actually, if you, if you probe into their history, they have already been feeling that kind of dull ache for quite some time. They've just not really dealt with it. Human nature, right? we tend to just mm. <laughs> sweep things under the carpet as long as we can until mm. uh, it, it, it manifests as an acute mm. situation. So, mm. so it, that can happen. Um, yeah, so or in trying to deal with one problem, uh, it's like it's it's not a major issue, but uh, because I'm feeling something in my shoulder, so I will just adapt it and uh, not put too much weight on that shoulder. For example, mm. and I could I could successfully modify and adapt to it for a while, but because I'm then stressing other parts of the body or maybe the other shoulder, then the problem starts to snowball. Mm. So from one 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 area to another. Uh, until you kind of uh, end up with, you know, quite a few areas of pain and you just realize that, okay, you need to maybe take a step back now and to mm. to, 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 to have a look what's going on. So in your line of work, do you like, you know, do this investigative work with your clients? I mean, so what I'm, what I'm saying is it seems that, you know, it start off with overloading or repetitive stress in an area of the body. So let's just say the shoulder for now. And um, and this person perhaps you know keep um, doing the same thing over and over again and then keep enduring the uh, the this, uh, adding more stress to that area until a point you know uh, something happens. Um, then so do, do you then and then I don't know maybe that stress might manifest in a pain in somewhere else maybe say in the deltoids or maybe I don't know in the trapezius or 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 whatever. So then in your line of work, how do you how do you unwind this web of Yeah, how do you problem yeah. solve? And at the end of it, I guess coming to the root of it, how perhaps the, the practitioner himself or herself doesn't even know what is it in the practice yes. that is causing the pain. Yes. You know? So fortunately, when you deal with yoga practitioners, especially uh, yoga students uh, who have some experience, they have pretty good body awareness. Um, so if you ask them and, and you uh, check with them regarding their history, when did you start to feel this, uh, it, it may need to, you, you may need to prompt them and they might need to take a trip down memory lane to say, oh, what happened? How, how was I two weeks ago? 
but most people can't can't really remember anything uh, more than a month ago, I think, unless it was something that is quite significant to them. Uh, so the history taking, so going 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 through verbally with them, what's happening uh, will give some clues. Uh, but very often, uh, at least for an osteopath, what we're trained to do is to feel the tissues with our hands. Um, so sometimes even without them saying, telling me where the problem, uh, it is possible just to feel where the tightness and the tension is in the shoulder. Or when we test the joints, when we move uh, the shoulder, it, it doesn't quite have a smooth quality. Uh, it can be clicky and, you know, um, uh, or there might be a real uh, uh, unexpected uh, limitation to their range. Um, and so, so we can also... Uh, form another picture from the assessment, from the physical assessment. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's probably not possible, especially if the pain has been there for quite some time, to, to be able to rewind the clock and work out every single um, stressful moment. Mm. Um, and, uh, and you may not need to because you just need to deal with whatever that is happening right now uh, and try to be... Uh, as as specific and as precise as uh, as I can be as a therapist to to unwind the tension that that we have found at the time they have come in to see me, uh, and then of course we need to check and ask what are you doing? Are you doing Ashtangas six days a week, for example? Okay, how much are you doing? Uh, was there a sudden uh, increase to your to your routine? Uh, some people have swapped from uh, evening practice to a, to a morning practice, for example, so they may be less warmed up. Uh, so all these things we kind of need to factor in and, and see what needs to be tweaked here and there. Uh, as, as much as I can, because I, I am a yoga practitioner, mm. I, try to, I try my best to not tell them to stop completely. And, and stopping completely is often not, not, not helpful. Sure, you, you don't feel any pain when you stop. But once they resume, the problem, if it's not dealt with, will resurface. Uh, so it's better for them to continue with their practice, but modify it uh, to an extent that they can still continue uh, without actually uh, aggravating the problem. Mm. So normally when a, um, someone comes to you, you know, for... Uh the, the repetitive stress lingering pain sort of a situation. Um, you think that the there is there is no need to apply the rice principle, you know, where the rest, eyes, compression, and whatever. Um, and then this is only applicable for say the impact um, uh, one time fall or one time um, trauma type of um, uh, situations. Is that how it is? Uh, so more in an acute situation, mm. so um, whether injury is fairly recent uh, and really if only if there is inflammation, if there's swelling. Uh, if there's no swelling, you don't really need to apply ice. Um, and to be honest, there is also some debate right now within the menu therapy profession whether mm. icing is a good idea. Some would say no, you because you are disrupting the, the, the normal blood circulation, mm. which helps to clear away yeah. um, the, the debris. And also mm. uh, you need to have good circulation to bring all the immune cells to the area to yeah. actually help to clean things up. Um, and 
so so it is debatable, but generally when people use eyes, when they use the rice therapy, so uh, it, it's more for an acute situation where, where it's just very recent. It's mm-hmm. not really meant to be something that you do every time you go for a practice. Then there's, mm-hmm. there's something not quite well managed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what is your opinion on the, the goyok then? <laughs> yeah, so goyok, I mean, for in case any listeners don't understand, it's like a, a medicated plaster, right, with some, um, I guess, um, uh, anti-inflammatory properties. Um, how, what, what, is your, what are your thoughts about that? It's okay. I mean, uh, as long as you don't have any skin uh, sensitivity issues, uh, you don't break out into a rash when you apply the plasters, that's generally okay. Uh, more, more for comfort, really. Um, so there are there are plasters that pr- uh, produce cooling sensations. There are plasters that produce uh, warming sensations. Uh, so the cooling ones will, will work more like uh, an ice pack uh, for any kind of swelling, maybe. And the warming ones is more for muscle tension. Uh, and you know, people will use because uh, it's convenient. Uh, and it's mm. inexpensive. Uh, so what, what these passes will do is that they will stimulate the sensory nerves uh, wherever you place them. So the stimulation of the sensory nerve is really like uh, rubbing uh, the area that you have just injured. The, the, the stimulation actually distracts your brain from the mm. pain. So, so it can be a, a, a temporary relief. Uh, I don't have any problems with that. Uh, there are specific uh, medicated plasters that have anti-inflammatory properties. So uh, it will be equivalent to taking, say, Nurofen or Ibuprofen, mm. uh, but in a less potent form. Some people can't right. take anti-inflammatory pills because they have gastric issues. So uh, they may use an anti-inflammatory patch, but that's more specific to reduce swelling. Um, and those plasters, when you put them on, there's usually no heating or cooling sensations. So th- there, there are different kind of pluses. Mm. Uh, the Chinese medicine ones are probably more of the warming kind. Yeah. More of a distraction from the pain and the gift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to say it, but maybe a false sense of... Uh... Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a... I don't think people think... I, don't, I think most people know that it's not a long-term solution, but mm. when you're in a fair bit of discomfort, any relief that you can get is, is helpful. Mm. Mm. So I just want to quickly also touch on the topic of like, you know, um, more for yoga teachers in, in terms of supporting um, uh, their practitioners or their students when it comes to pain. So I, I think I would, I would like to think that most yoga teachers would know, would have, the, would have some understanding of their students' um, conditions, uh, prior to class, you know, the sort of pains or uh, the sort of um, um, conditions that they, that they, that they have. Um, and, um, and with that knowledge, what do you think yoga teachers, how can they better support um, their, their students in their practice? Mm. Um, well, first of all, I think yoga teachers uh, shouldn't feel that they are they, you, you are not meant to provide a diagnosis. So uh, with your regular students who trust you as a teacher, they will, of course, share their problems with, with you. 
but there is really no, they shouldn't feel the pressure that they have to give them a diagnosis because, of course, you can't. You, uh, uh, most yoga teachers don't have the necessary training or the background to do so, and they really shouldn't try to do that. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with referring them on to uh, to the professionals to, to, do, to give them a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but what yoga teachers can, can, can do, and, and I'm assuming that a yoga teacher is somebody with at least some basic knowledge of anatomy. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so if you really feel that the, your, your understanding of anatomy is really quite inadequate to answer uh, a student's question, then it's, it's probably better off to just be honest and say that um, I hear what you're saying, but I really don't feel that I have enough uh, knowledge to give you a, 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 a good answer. Uh, why don't you see somebody that I know, you know, for example. Um, so there's that. But the, the very, uh, but of course, if their pain is related to how they are doing the poses, so with their alignment or, or, or the way they have been approaching their practice, you can, you can tell one student is always different from the other in the way they, they, their attitude towards their practice. And so sometimes they're really conscientious, again, the type A personality who always give themselves a lot of um, stress, pressure to perform well. Uh, so it, it may actually need a, a mindset change. And I think for the, from that point of view, a yoga teacher can, can, can help and to support them to, to say, you know, you really don't have to kill yourself to, to do this pose. Nothing spectacular will happen when you bring your head, sorry, bring your leg behind your head. <laughs> really, there is, every, you know, every, not every student needs to do that. Mm. Um, so it's, it's more about having, teaching them or, or modeling a healthy attitude to yoga. Because if the teacher is also the, the kind that is always asana changing and this is the way to do it and, and this is everybody has to do it this way. If you're not practicing six days a week, mm. you're not a real uh, ashtangi, for example, you know, things like this, mm. then, then it's going to be a problem. Uh, mm. So, so the, the, I think the yoga teacher don't have to come up with specific solutions, but they need to model a healthy attitude to towards yoga because the, the, the students will look to them for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, um, just, just to add that, you know, it's always very, very difficult, I think, for the teacher to be able to tell the difference and balance between, you know, um, how much to push the student. Like, you know, um, yes. yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think, I think all, I would like to believe all yoga teachers, you know, um, start off with wanting the best for the student in terms of um, having a, a safe practice, uh, a healthy uh, lifestyle, um, balancing that with also pushing the student, you know, to be able to, um, I guess, be better uh, in, in, in whatever aspect yeah. of the practice, right? Yes. So it, it's always, it's always a, a, I guess, very difficult to thread between, you know, how much yeah. to push Versus yeah. how much to to relax and let go and and it's 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 a it's always not a it's yeah it's not it's not an easy call definitely for sure yeah. but I guess I don't know I, I, I mean I, from my personal experience I would say that you know I would rather err on the side of caution um if I'm unsure yeah so yeah I I, I guess just one last point you know I'm I is there is there um 
um, a mental process, you know, that you we could adopt, you know, or you would you would um, advise your clients or uh, yoga practitioners. How can we better, um, you know, when we go through, when we when we experience some discomfort in our body? What is what is the process, you know, we can take through in our minds to um, think about, you know, okay, I think I need to stop or, you know, do I need mm. to go and see a, a health professional or actually do I need to see a medical doctor? Yeah. Yeah. So if you find that the, the, the pain comes back uh, and it, 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 it recurs fairly frequently, um, so for example, you would experience it almost every week. It's not debilitating, but it's kind of there almost every week. Um, and even after speaking to your teacher and adapting their practice, it doesn't quite go away. So that would, to me, constitute a problem that you might need to seek help mm. uh, from an input from somebody else. Uh, you, you might just need some manual treatment or, or a, a more... Um, specific strategy to to manage the problem. Um, so, don't if anything continues or lingers, even if it's not uh, uh, strong pain, even though you can still function, uh, as long as it's it's repeating, it's coming back uh, again. You should really, really, really pay attention to it. Uh, and not wait till it snowballs into <laughs> a major uh, pain episode, because then that you will lose more time because you will you will have to it will be you, you will have to take more time to rest and recover. So it will set you back further. Mm-hmm. So so don't ignore the problem when it's minor, especially if it's recurrent. Uh, so if it's just like a one-off thing, you know you have. Uh, did something wrong and or you were distracted and then you, when you did your jump through you just happened to uh, I don't know roll off the wrong way uh, mm. so th- those would be fine because you know exactly what happened you know how you in a way injured yourself and then you just deal with it and usually in in, a, in one or two weeks you are back uh, th- those are fine but it's really the the lingering or the recurrent dull pain uh, that you really should, shouldn't um, cast aside or, or sweep under the carpet because it it will not go away. <laughs> uh, it will temporary it will temporary ease off, but it doesn't mean that the problem has been solved. Um, mm-hmm. So just just be really uh, just take seriously any anything. But at the same time, you know you don't have to you don't have to freak out. Uh, you, you just have to uh, pay attention to it and see if adapting your practice. Uh, first, work with your teacher, maybe, if it's uh, really something that is not really too debilitating. And mm. uh, if, But if it's still not uh, resolving, then, then maybe see, see a therapist. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, and so, obviously, um, uh, we, I know that you have, you have an upcoming webinar at the end of the month. Um, yes. So, is it on, the, on May 30th? Uh, on 30th of May, yes, that's right. It's on yeah. Saturday, uh, 3 p.m. Okay, you want to maybe give us some um, uh, a teaser on what it's about? <laughs> yeah. Sure, thank you. Uh, so really, it's a workshop on, on pain science, uh, on the on the neuroscience of pain. So uh, 
but it's really an introduction and it's it's really accessible to the layman but really, we are just looking at what happens in your nervous system, in your spinal cord, in your brain when you experience uh, pain, right? what happens mm. there. And uh, how does pain transition from something that is acute and, tempor- uh, and short-lived to something more persistent and chronic? So that can be something that is useful, so then you need to watch out for, for this, right? And uh, so we, we also understand how, how the brain is able to adjust and modulate the how much pain that we feel depending on the context and things like this um, and then we also look at uh, tissue healing uh, because um, most teachers or students of yoga uh, if they have that information they will be able to uh, maybe understand uh, what they need to do when they encounter injury and and when it is safe for them to resume their practice. So those, these will be the questions that we'll, we'll, we'll look at on the, on the webinar. Uh, we also look at uh, just some very simple strategies uh, to manage pain if, if somebody already has them. Um, so sleep is obviously a, 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 a also a major component of it, mm. so, and stress. So we look mm. at how these two factors uh, need to be addressed in somebody uh, with pain that has kind of lingered beyond uh, an expected healing time frame. Uh, so, so yeah, it's 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 geared towards both yoga teachers and and yoga students. Uh, and I think anyone who has practiced for some time will probably have asked these questions uh, to yep. themselves, uh, or at least at least wondered about them. So, so, so I hope uh, this webinar helps to answer some of those questions. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll just uh, wrap it off here. So um, thank you very much, Brian, for spending Thanks, the time man. with me. And um, yep, and I hope you've got um, good sign-ups for your webinar and uh, yeah, wish you. you well in your future endeavors as well. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye.